else has been going on? I mean, WWDC happened since the last time we talked. I don't know what happened. Um, they like, uh, there's widgets now. I heard about the widgets from Dubai Friday. Um, <laughs> oh, what's his face? The guy, you know, the guy. It's not Federico Vitici. It's the other one that I always think is Federico Vitici. <laughs> Craig Federici. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, he said jiggle mode. That happened. Oh. Mm-hmm. WWDC. Let me see if I can just get like a bulleted list from CNET or something. Mm, yeah, here's one from CNET. That's good. Big Sur is. Oh yeah, they announced that they're gonna have our Max. Yes, cool. That's the big one. Yeah, I've been waiting for that. Did did they say when? Um, in the next two years. Or no, sorry. They're gonna have the first one out in the next year, or like by the end of the year. And then from that point, they've got two years to transition the entire line. My Steam games are really not going to work then. Yeah, no. I was just thinking about that. I'm going to have to get one of those Steam boxes. <laughs> one of the, like, Steam hardware Yeah. box. Steam machine. <laughs> those are five years old at this point. When was the le- latest one released? Nice. Thanks, thanks, Valve. Love that. Uh, it just says Steam Machines, and then it's like an inch of empty space, and then it's the footer. Oh, Steam Machines disappear. But their legacy lives on. Yeah, I don't... I mean, they needed so much buy-in from, like, actual game devs, and... Mm. Can't they just, like... Put a 30 bit, 30 bit. Can't they just put, can't they just make a, Zach, why can't they just make a box with 32 bit Linux on it? Right. And the highest power graphics card possible. Right. And just like, let, 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 let you boot into that. Uh, into the graphics card <laughs> into the into the OS that you load onto the steam box and uh it just does all the processing and your computer all all it has to do is display the video output it does all the processing and all your it's a let me make sure i'm comprehending this <laughs> it's a box that does graphics and then your computer connects to the graphics box. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> it does sound like that. It's okay, so it's like it's like one of the GPU boxes, right? Okay. But it also has a CPU in it that is that can and an OS that can play all the games. All of them. Every game ever released. Okay, you have many CPUs. Capable, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> capable of playing all the games ever released. So you want a box that? Why does it need to connect to my computer and not a monitor? Cause I don't know. It 
it makes sense for it to, to do it to the monitor. But also, I have all my peripheral per, peripherals already plugged into my computer. Also, like... What if... Okay, here's an idea. What if the box also is a keyboard video monitor switch? Like so, those KVM switch things? So this is just a laptop at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, not entirely. But you plug all of your stuff, all your peripherals, into the box. And then you plug the box into your computer. Right. But the only thing your computer sees the box as is a USB hub. And you can Mm. hit a switch on the box, and now it's just a USB hub for your computer. And then you hit the switch back, and now it's your gaming box. No, it's your gaming box. And... But the screen. So you're... So how how does it work? Okay, it should it should just be okay. It's just a Mac Mini, okay? It's just a Mac Mini with a good <laughs> GPU. That's all it is. That's all it needs to be. Honestly, you could just use one of those Intel Nooks with an external GPU. Yeah, I suppose. But you need the Nook to have all the different CPUs so that they all run no okay, matter what yeah. game it is. It's the ultimate gaming machine. Only I'll need to be upgradable. That's a that sounds like a Foon project. What's a what's Foon? Foon is that Twitter account. Um, their icon is a floppy disk. Okay. And they have done. Uh, what are what are some of the, like the big things that they did? They just like make weird hardware things. They took apart an LG, um, or no Logitech harmony link remote okay because it wasn't working and discovered that it runs an ip layer partially so it can receive updates okay partially so it can pass messages from c to lua and then use lua to send an http request to a different part of the remote uh. back into Lua back into C Hey Zach Hey Liz It's so hot <sighs> It's too hot in here It's so hot and I'm dying and we're just gonna leave it at that i'm dying mm-hmm. so if i you know if i pass out during the podcast uh call one of my roommates so that they can get me some water okay but the show will go on i right. want you to record all that <laughs> call them over facetime with your uh with your mac so you can record it okay i might have to do speakerphone with my real phone but i'll i'll figure it out don't you worry okay thanks zach do you believe in fate yes no further questions (laughs) (laughs) okay um i didn't until yesterday when i found a game i found a game uh which is not Minecraft. 
But I wrote Minecraft in the doc so Zach would have a general idea that we're going to be talking about a video game, but not necessarily know which game. Just to throw me off. Just to throw him off. Is it... I'm going to try three guesses. Okay. Um, first guess, Starmade. No. Second guess, Terraria. No. Okay. Third guess. For all the money. Oh, there was another one that was voxel-based. Uh, it was like <laughs> Voxel World. Cube World. <laughs> what are you doing? Voxel no. World. No, it's Celeste. Ooh. And it, I, I actually have had Celeste in my, like, Steam library for a while, but I'd never played it, and I never knew why I didn't play it until now. It's, it's been fate. I, my, the game, the game came to me mm-hmm. when I most needed it. I love that. Yeah, it's Celeste, great. Celeste, if I remember right, was originally written for the Pico Eight. Yes, and they have a Pico Eight emulator in the game, which is fantastic. That's excellent. That's also a uh, a very fateful thing because I mentioned Cable Sasser in the last um, the last episode, mm-hmm. which got me thinking about the Playdate console, which got me thinking yes. about fantasy consoles, which in- meant that I went down a rabbit hole while I was trying to research um, the show notes of looking at Pico Eight games. <laughs> so, what is the deal with Celeste? I have heard basically nothing about it except that it's good okay so i'm gonna do a non-spoiler section where i talk about the mechanics of the game okay and i'm gonna do a spoiler spoiler section okay so non-spoiler you're all good the only thing you're gonna learn is the mechanics of the game let me actually you know before i do that let me say that once I started playing this game yesterday, and I have not been able to stop thinking about it. Like, I started playing, and I still had some homework to do, and I just, like, I couldn't... It was really hard to draw myself away from the game. I, once I did that, I did all my homework really fast because I just wanted to get it done. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to playing, and I played until I fell asleep, and when I woke up, I started playing again until uh, 5.30 when Zach called me. And it's been... It just infects what? You told me you were doing research. I am. (laughs) Is this not research for the podcast? (laughs) Okay, I'm not actually mad. I'm just miffed, you know? Okay, so that's, like, that sounds great. That um, That is a quality that devs would you know dream of right and the mechanics are super simple so uh there are eight directions that you can point your character at and it's like a mario style platformer thing it's 8-bit um and so you're on a platform and you can go left and right right and uh you can also go you can also jump and you get to a certain height and then you come back down you don't there's not even a double jump um, okay. You can wall jump. You can wall cling if you push another button. You can also wall mm-hmm. climb, but it takes stamina. So that you have a an amount of stamina that like is, is finite. So you can't just climb up the wall. 
sometimes you have to do a thing and the okay and the very cool mechanic that makes all this like into a really complicated game is the dash mechanic it so if you press a button whichever way you have your like i said there are eight directions so you can play it, mm-hmm. you can play it with a keyboard um but i've been playing it with controller so um you have the like you know the this the ones with notches in them right so if you point a direction you will dash that direction for a distance with a with a large speed okay and so with that so let's say you're jumping so you can jump mm-hmm. dash and then wall cling wall jump climb wall jump again and that is the way you can make very very complicated levels okay and your dash only resets once you hit the ground once you hit like a flat surface mhm so you can't dash more than once while well, once you're in the air and it's just so great the like the game design is incredible there's no there's no none of the stuff i hate about uh platformers where it's just like kind of random whether you get through this section or not <laughs> you have to right, like yeah. and so and there are different skill there are different like stages uh they're not called stages that's just like how i think about them there are different stages and uh when some of them are like puzzles some of them are like skill challenges like how fast can you move your fingers some of them are Mm -hmm. like a combination of those and some of them are just like actually really easy unless you want to get the bonus Mm. Mm -hmm. and um that's not even getting into the story the story is so beautiful i I'm nearly finished with the game and I've cried three times, not even like even before the like final stages. It's so pretty. The music is wonderful. Usually I like to like have headphones in and listen to podcasts while I play video games, but not with Celeste. I just love the music and it's great. Oh, um, one more mechanic to mention is the dying mechanic. So if you get hit by something, there you don't have lives per se, but you just go back to the start of that stage. Okay. And the stages are well designed so that you don't you never feel like you're going too far back. It's I I've seen a lot of times especially with the um mario maker levels Mm -hmm. that if you you know run through the gauntlet and then die to something really Mm -hmm. simple that that just feels defeating so are you saying that it doesn't do that like run you through the gauntlet and then have a couple other things and then give you a checkpoint it i think I think it does a really good job of that. I'm not going to say it never does that, but I think when it, when it does uh-huh. do, do that, it you still aren't getting thrown back so far that you never, like, I never never in a million years would I rage quit this game. Cool. Like, no matter, like, I've died, 
uh, probably close to 2,000 times now. And mm -hmm. they've all felt like, oh, yeah, I know what to do. I, like, I deserve that. <laughs> right, yeah. And um, I know that, like, once I beat this game, I'm just going to, like, go on YouTube and watch people speedrun it or 100% uh, it or something because it's, like... Mm -hmm. And I think it's, like, so replayable, too, because the puzzles are... They're not the type of puzzles that you, like... That once you know the trick, then it's over. Then the game, like, you have... You've beaten the stage once you figure out the trick. It's a puzzle, okay. like... It might actually be a maze. Or it might actually be, um... Uh... Like a... Something close to a sliding puzzle. Or you have to get this key to open that thing, but the key is over here, and you need this thing to open that key. And, you again, you never mm -hmm. feel like you're being cheated by the game. It just feels... So good, and how much UI is there? Because from what I understand about it being like Pico Eight mm -hmm. derived, is that it's gonna be pretty small as far as the like number of things it can put on the screen. So is there a lot of like a mini map and a? Nope. You said there aren't lives, but that kind of thing, or it's... is it really just like it... you and the stage? Yep, it's that just you're you on. and the stage that you're on, and the the amount. Wow. The it's incredible the amount of content that they have derived from these very very simple mechanics like there aren't even enough there aren't even enough things to do to map to all the buttons on a controller a and y jump and x and x and b dash and both triggers do uh -huh. the wall cling and the c stick does nothing and the um the one on the left side does nothing either. Wow. I 10 out of 10 recommend this game and I haven't even finished it yet. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to see if I can. And from what I remember, it wasn't too expensive. I think I got it on sale, but um, yeah. And it's so pretty, Zach. Like you could talk about games being like works of art and like, you might not know what that means, but I think after playing this game, you will know what that means. All right. It is, as we record this, on sale until um, far after we will have it edited. Um, <laughs> but I might get it on sale. You should. I think that would be a, a good move. Well, in that case, I will not launch into a spoiler, spoilers section, a spoiler section and uh, we might talk about it once you get it. Oh, I have booted up a Pico 8 cartridge. That's not what I meant to do. Okay. Hello. I'm back. I'm off of the Pico 8 website. <laughs> when you're done with Celeste, do you think you'll go back to Minecraft? Or do you think you'll look for more things in the vein of Celeste? I have a bunch of games that I have bought but haven't played yet. So I might go move on to another one of those, which will not be mm -hmm. Celeste-like, presumably. All right. I'm really excited about I have a friend who has been raving about uh Divinity the original sin or something. Sin, yeah. And um from what he describes it sounds enjoyable, so I might try that next. All right. I've lots to do in my, to do in Minecraft though. I just mm -hmm. finished uh my well, 
not quite finished. I have almost finished uh, my sheep coaster. Is that a roller coaster of sheep or a roller coaster for sheep? For sheep. Good. Um, yeah, they have a little box, and uh, if they happen to walk into the minecart, then it will take them on a ride. Cool. Deposit them right back where they were? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I've got a different podcasting setup at the new place, um, which is nice for the reason that it lets my partner like continue existing in the other room. Is it just you two? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's just... it's it's us you know it's just they and i okay tell me about your new podcasting setup one of my roommates as we were moving out was like hey i'm gonna throw out this weird um it's like a table on a swivel thing like if you took the the base of a chair (laughs) and then you put instead of putting a chair on it you put a table on it but then instead of having the table just come straight up it like went away from you uh okay you might have to send me a picture i think i will (laughs) um in any case i've got a chair base and a chair base and i've got to make them like interlock so that i can get my body close enough to the microphone that Mm. i can record Mm -hmm. um but that takes more effort than just sliding my chair into the the, the table sure. that I used to use, because now I gotta interlock the bases. Makes sense. But it means that now I just take over the bedroom and not the space where all of our desks are, um, which happens to be connected to every other part of the apartment. I'm really excited! I'm moving to into a place with two bedrooms. Not sure if I said that on the yeah. podcast yet. I don't think so. Whatever. Uh, I'm moving into a place with two bedrooms, and uh, it's going to be great. I'm going to have an office, and it won't be my bedroom. My bedroom won't be my office, and it's. I'm so excited. Good. Not And yeah, also our air conditioning. Yeah. Also, that's... I won't have to like explain in the little text box where to put the Eat Street delivery. Mm -hmm. because there's just gonna be a big door there's gonna be a door there yeah and like that's first world problems for sure but like it's annoying and no they don't read it anyway and i'm like fuck just read the delivery instructions and i won't have to you won't have to call me and i won't have to say no it's on the side no 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 it's on the side of the building (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that one you can just leave it right there right on the ground nope 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 on the ground. They're not not across the... Please, just on the ground. <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> I really appreciate you, Eat Street guy, but damn. We got um, Uber Eats burgers yesterday. Because mm-hmm. uh, to celebrate... Well, we were going to get Chinese to celebrate moving. Okay. But in a, a strange twist, all of the Chinese restaurants are closed on the 4th of July and all of the American restaurants are open. <laughs> it's almost as if, for some cultures, holidays mean things. 
So instead we had burgers. Um, nothing eventful happened with the drop off. It's just that we really were hoping for Chinese, <sighs> but that was not an option. Lame. So I prepared a transition, but now we're <laughs> so far away from that, but I'm just going to use it anyway. Yeah, who knows how much of that will get kept. So Liz, when you, you're making your sheep coaster, yep. you you don't want to put the sheep on that the first time, right? Like you don't want the sheep to be the first ones to have to deal with however the coaster works? Uh, I don't know, Zach. I got some pretty valuable armor. Like I don't think I want to accidentally lose that if in the, if a loopy loop goes wrong. Okay, but maybe you could put like a zombie in the mm, coaster. Okay, yeah, yeah, and have that test if the loop de loop de loop goes wrong. Sure. Um, and then come back and then get rid of the zombie, and now the sheep can ride the coaster. And that's a really good practice in general is to 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 not just like push a thing out there for the world to deal with uh without thinking a little bit about how it's gonna impact the the world that's dealing with it first. If you have ever used a piece of Zach's software, he is calling you a sheep. Wake up. <laughs> See the thing is I think the the set of people who use software that I write and the set of people who listen to this podcast is currently far enough away. But at some point, I'm going to be updating the intranet tools, and that will be scary for a lot of reasons. Oh. One of which is that it might overlap that Venn diagram a little bit more. Okay, but just because someone doesn't listen to the podcast doesn't give us free reign to bitch about them. Fair and valid. Okay. <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is I care about the sheep. Ah, okay. Right? I care about the sheep's well-being. You care about the sheep, you care about your customers. Right. <laughs> Corporate cock. <laughs> I... The reason that I'm upset you called me a corporate cuck is because you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm I'm less a cuck for the the corporate and more a cuck for the salary. You feel? Mm, that's what everyone says. You're just following orders. <laughs> right. I don't think my software has killed anyone innocent or otherwise i think we know from the good place that that is definitely not true what did the good place say about (laughs) software not software but everything we do is just like constantly making our everything so intertwined right yeah will eventually be bad oh zach this is there's a metal part in my chair and i just felt it and it was hot to the touch Oh, that's not ideal. No. That's metal's nice because it takes the heat away from you. <sighs> I I might be the coldest thing in this apartment. Like my 98.6 or whatever <laughs> might be the coldest thing in this apartment. <laughs> oh god. Like the refrigerator then me. It rained about an hour ago and the temperature and the humidity both dropped a lot in Milwaukee, which I was very glad about. 
But no, we're not just going to send the sheep on the roller coaster. Right. Okay. Yes, okay. I was just making sure that the unspooling was clean, that we weren't leaving any any frail... No. Frayed no, ends. Uh, calling Zach a corporate cuck is, like, that's a good stopping point. We can come back now. Right. <laughs> Comparing him um, to a Nazi. Totally a good stopping point. <laughs> and then we make him defend his philosophy on why his work practices are bad. Um, yeah. Liz, it sounds like you didn't put a zombie on that sheep. Oh, coaster. I just wrote it. Okay. I wrote it. My sheep wrote it. Whatever. What do you mean, whatever? I mean that I did take the first ride, but not as a test because okay. I thought it looked fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then the sheep did it. That's fair. Yeah. The real test was whether the sheep would stay in and like, I wasn't like, I'm not a Minecraft expert. So like, I, w I honestly didn't know what would happen. Mm hmm. But you did, I did ride, ride it. it yeah. If you were going to, for example, make a uh, an app for your sheep to track the water that they drink, or maybe see what's wrong with their sheep bones, um, would you yourself test out uh, the the sheep water app or the well, sheep I don't bone have sheep app? Bones, Zach. If the app wouldn't right. work for me, which is why it's even more important to test. You need to make, like, plaster cast sheep bones <laughs> so you can okay. test the app. Because otherwise you're just, you're just testing on real sheep and trying to give them decisions right. about their yeah, bones. No, that makes sense. I, I probably would do that. Yep. Okay. When you've written sheep water tracking apps before, uh, how extensive has the testing been? Uh, well, it was certainly on my phone and I used it. As, like, my main water tracking app, I dog-fooded. Okay. Um, and then I also sent beta versions to trusted people with iPhones. Mm-hmm. But that was maybe between three and five people. I honestly can't remember. It was a simple app, okay. so I didn't think it, the testing needed to be too extensive. That makes sense. How about, uh, I know that you did make a, a bone, I don't actually know if it's bone related, but I think you made a bone oh, related bone app. Related. It's bone related. What, are you th what the hell are you talking about? I have no idea. The the bone app. I have no um, idea what you're talking about. Bone appetite. <laughs> um, the, you made an app in PHP for a doctor. <laughs> Okay, I made a website for a doctor. Yes. And it was not an app. Okay. It was... Okay. But there was a lot of PHPing because it had a big old database full of stuff. That's a web app then. Mm. Okay. It's, these terms don't mean anything. <laughs> but when you say app, I'm thinking iOS... Android, Mac at at the most, but like 
I wouldn't even call Windows EXE an app. Even okay, if, even that's if what's, that's what they're called, it's like that's not an app. Win, win, Microsoft, <laughs> let's be real, that's not an app. That's an executable binary. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing on the fly just in time compilation of our Universal Two fat binary files? I didn't think so, Bill Gates. <laughs> what's that guy know? See, but we can't insult Bill Gates because then he'll ban us from Minecraft. Oh, no. He has the power to do that. No. But he doesn't listen to the podcast. Hmm. Okay. I see. I see your point now. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, so, really, what I'm trying to ask and took too long to ask <laughs> is how much testing do you do for the things that you create? Okay, so uh software I specifically. Right. I take a very from what I understand about Casey Liss's programming process, I take a very Casey Liss approach in which I don't write unit tests, but I do put hello like print hellos all over the place and that works pretty well for me. Do any of the people on ATP do unit tests? I think John does. Okay. But I will say that uh, when I was doing programming for school and someone else wrote the unit tests for me, they've been very helpful. Right. I agree wholeheartedly. I think perhaps the place that you and I differ and is the same place that John and Casey and Marco differ, which is that I am currently writing code in an environment where other people have to look at it. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And also where I don't know what uh I don't I don't know what's going on. I don't know I don't know why there's a ternary expression with a boolean and then if true then true, if false then false. I don't know why. I've been very much enjoying your Snapchat stories about that. I don't know why it does that. I don't know why we trim Anything with type 8 from this list, we just go through and we just trim anything that's type 8 from this list. And I <laughs> don't know why. Why does it do that? And so maybe if there were some tests that existed that were like tests to make sure that type 8 gets trimmed, I could at least know that we need to trim type 8. Even if I don't know what type 8 is, I can figure that out or why we're doing it. Maybe I can figure that out if I know that it's intentional. But no, maybe what that... they're actually trying to do is trim anything greater than seven. And at the time that they wrote it, that was eight. But now <laughs> we've got a nine and it's causing problems. I don't know. Okay, that, what you just described there is a job for documentation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when, I totally agree with you though. In an environment like that, um, in which... You have a team of people doing programming. You need to have unit tests. You need to have documentation. Otherwise, what the? F what are you even doing? You're just like, I was just complaining about Slack earlier. Mm -hmm. But like, I totally get it. 
because if you can avoid writing more code as a group of people, that's always best. Right. But also, some people manage to do it. Some people, the Omni Group, makes great mm-hmm. apps, makes great native apps for all the platforms. Right. As a group well, of people. Not all the platforms, but all the platforms that matter. All the great platforms. <laughs> all the great platforms. And, um, but yeah, but even like that kind of limiting of platforms is a way that I'm sure OmniFocus would love to make an Android app, but also uh, that's not what they're good at necessarily. Right. And like knowing your strengths like that and not letting the team of people that need to, but what they don't want to do is like hire someone else to do it. Because mm-hmm. that's going to result in a bad app, especially in their eyes. So what I'm trying to say is, I, I this is a long-winded way of saying I agree with you. But like when I'm just when I'm just screwing around with code, I don't want to be writing unit tests. Absolutely, I am currently operating in a system with no tests unless I write them, and it has led to uh, me shipping a couple bugs. Ooh, because how am I supposed to know if that's a bug now or if that's just how it's always been? There's no regression testing if there's no testing. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely, you need tests. I just want regression tests. I just want it to tell me, hey, this weird part of the system that you aren't even aware of exists because you've worked at the company for like six months now and have not seen every part of it. This thing broke when you did your thing, so you're breaking the contract somewhere or the other thing is bad. There's also... (laughs) Wait... There's there's none of that. Wait, what? No. Okay. You go and you... Oh my god. I have created some batch jobs to do those, the, the ones of those that I do frequently for me. Good. Good. I just want... Right, that, that sounds... That sounds easy enough. Certus edited a lot of that out. I don't know how much of it is confidential. It just... So Zach, I don't know how much of that's going to get left in, but, like... That, Zach, that's wild. <laughs> the thing you said most recently, especially, that... that That's wild. That is the result of... A lot of the, like, there's not tests is the result of decisions made before I was born. Sure, that's what I've been figuring the whole time, because, like, there's no way that anyone with, like, a modern computer science education would do anything like that. And they've just been patching stuff up since then, right? Right. And so the the lead dev right now is really competent, but has not had the time while she's fixing everything yeah. to also write tests for everything. Ah. Uh. The last thing is a result of a decision made more recently. It's an in-progress project. It's not that the current state is how we want it. It's that it's in progress right now. Certus, edit the following out. (laughs) They are different. (laughs) Okay. It's not that we have... (laughs) 
which is called... <laughs> Alright, so Zach just gave me cancer by describing the, <laughs> the way he does programming. I, it's not... I've written more tests than I've found. Can I... I'll put it that way. That's not better. What do you like? That's if you're trying to say like, oh, what I just told you wasn't so bad. No. You said it's a problem with the way that I program, and I'm saying it's not a me problem. I agree. It's a I, system I never issue. thought it was your fault. <laughs> but I will say, I'm just like thinking through. Like I had this professor that was like in the real world, blah blah blah, um, and I'm just like. I just want to, like, take this conversation and, like, send it to him in an email and be like, in the real world, what? In the real world, what, sir? What What were the things that this professor thought would uh, happen in the real world? Because my, like, here's how you do programming in an uh, enterprise environment professor was probably the laxest professor um, with very arbitrary restrictions um and a lot of times he would just say so this would be ideal but it's not going to happen um so so what was your in the real world professor like because madison sounds uh, real different he was like uh i don't know zach it was a while ago but i just remember hating it and being like this is the most it wasn't even a class it was just a guy teaching it wasn't a class Wait, about what? it wasn't a class about this. It was just like he had very specific ways that he wanted this is the same guy who wanted you to print out the code as a PDF. Print or print make a PDF of your code and print it out and give it to him. And highlight the the place that okay. did the thing. I don't know. Let me put it this way. It was a security class, so I can say a lot of things that he told us about security that were actually kind of like good advice, except except he gave us a bunch of other advice that it wasn't necessarily applicable because he was like, this is the real world. And we're like, the last time you've been in the real world has been how long ago? And like, pr the problem is not that he hasn't been in the real world. The problem is that he has been in the real world and then has been learning about what is in the real world at via like black hat or something <laughs> yeah exactly yeah build events y'all are using your windows phone right this is a very prominent platform every team has perfect devops always it's like enterprise instagram a little bit those talks I really get the vibe that it's like, oh, yeah, everything's going <laughs> perfect here. The DevOps environment is excellent. And you're like, all right, I believe you that it's better than where I'm at, but I don't believe you that it's excellent because it's a company and they're just trying to extract value from you as an employee. So, like, how good are they going to make it? So, anyway, um, if you write regression tests, it will make your life a lot easier. And you won't have to wonder if you added the bug recently or long ago. And you can use this fun little uh, git bisect feature and say, when did the regressions tests 
stop passing and it will bisect and then it will it'll do like a binary search and at each mm-hmm. stage of the search run the test and so then it can right. say oh it broke before this point or after this point one of the pieces of value i extracted from the what's it called creative it's the apple book uh creative I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the name. Yeah, whatever. It'll be in show notes. Zach will find it. The book. One of the pieces of the information I extracted from that was when they were building the Safari, I think, uh, browser, they um, mm-hmm. they basically just like took something. I'm forgetting what that is, too. But they took a browser... And, like, ported it over, and then, like, it was ungodly slow, but it worked. And then they had a, they basically had a timer, like, they had a, it, it would have, they had a script that did a bunch of tests, and, and then it wrote down the time that it took at the end. And the rule was you couldn't commit a change unless that number went down. So you so in the process of getting it to be a native app instead of just like an emulation of an app they were doing that and they couldn't mm-hmm. let that and that's the way I do regression testing is that I run the test every single time <laughs> and then if it and you're not allowed to move on to the next thing right. if one of the tests break which I'm aware is not really how uh things work in the real world but i am a solo developer so i mean that sounds like three quarters of test driven development i have one other final note to leave you with um the very old version control system that we use doesn't have a notion of branching zach what does that even mean that means I can only fix one problem per solution at a time. Wrong. That means everyone can only fix one problem at a time. That is okay given there are only two developers and one of them is okay. focused on okay. one solution right now. <laughs> it means I can only fix one problem in any given... Mm-hmm. Like, solution is like the name for a project. At a time. That's awful. Because otherwise... That's so bad. When I try and... um, When I try and do the build and, like, push to production... <laughs> it's not a push as much as it's, like, a drag to production, but... um, Sort <laughs> of, this is all going to have to be after show. Jesus Christ. It's not a bad place to work. It's just they're sure they've been focused on things that aren't DevOps. So when I do the drag to production, I can't like have code from solving one problem and half solving the other problem. So I need to either Mm -hmm. solve both of them and then do the thing to production or solve one of them, move it to production and then solve the next one and move that to production. Some of our non techie listeners might think that's just normally how you do things because that is normally how you do things in like every other way in every other situation except for software like if a you can't 
if you have fixed a problem on a product, a hardware product, you have to either take out the half solution mm-hmm. or fix it fully if you're going to give it to people. But right, you don't have to do that with software, and it's very cool the way that they that we're able to separate it with these branches, but um, but it's become so standard practice because it's such a like old concept that uh, I think it's an old concept. I actually don't know the timeline. It's like at least 15 years old, yeah. if not more. So it it is very much standard practice. And the fact that Zach has a version control software that does not do it is, can't, it's so bad. It's really bad. That's Bill Gates's fault. That one is Bill Gates' fault. <laughs> Uh, I'm thinking like Bill Gates would argue that the concept of that had not been invented yet when you, (laughs) but, um, you know, go off. So Zach, we've been talking about your job and from what you've told me, it sounds like a pretty good job. Even if it's not your things considered, even if it's not your dream job, it's a pretty good job. Right. I've been thinking, I, I, this was a topic from last episode that we didn't get to, but, mm-hmm. um, so I've been thinking a lot more about like myself. I've been introspecting much more introspective lately, but, uh, one of the things I realized was that one of my dream jobs as a child was a police officer. Interesting. And like me as an, as a person today wouldn't be caught dead wearing a badge (laughs) (laughs) oh i think you tried to put on a badge you would have to be caught dead zach would kill me if i put on a badge i am not the one with a state monopoly on violence (laughs) i am trying to remember probably my parents could tell you a lot more about this than i could sure but i know for sure two of them are i wanted to be a patent lawyer because that's what calvin's dad was okay i did not know what patent law was at the time (laughs) but i did know i wanted to be a patent lawyer you wanted to be calvin's dad in a lot of ways i am very very close (laughs) Jeez. oh man okay well that's something to think about at a different time. Zach's having Once an existential crisis on the podcast. Unload the box of comic books uh, onto a bookshelf, and and then I can think about that. <laughs> um, I also wanted to be a geneticist, probably if I had to guess, because there was a listicle at some point that I read of like here's the top 10 best paid jobs. And I was like, well, a anesthesiologist, that's cliche. I want to be a geneticist. That's where it's going to be at in, in <laughs> 20 years. Oh my God. I didn't, I actually didn't say why I wanted to be a police officer when I was a kid. Uh, you want to take a guess? I'll give you a hint. Drive fast. It's not to protect people. <laughs> um, 
power fantasy. Uh, yeah. It was. It wasn't a power pa- fantasy per se, but I, I was. It, I was driving. I was a. You know, I was a kid. I was in the backseat. I wasn't even in. I couldn't even sit shotgun. That's how young I was. And mm-hmm. I saw a, a cop sitting in. Um, sitting, but like in the car, in the police car, in a no parking zone, and I was like, hmm, how come they get to park in the no parking and my mom's just like because they're cops and they can do what they want because they enforce the laws (laughs) and i was like nice i want that i want to break the rules that that is something that i would not even have been surprised of as the motive if like high school liz had told me that (laughs) Like, you'd definitely done some growth at that point, but if you had been like, well, you see, there's there's the system, and we got to exist in the system, but I want to exist outside of the system, and the best way to do that is to be the system. You put it a lot nicer than I thought you were going to. (laughs) I thought you were just going to call me a dick and move on. (laughs) But no, you made it seem like I was rebelling or something. I don't know if I made it seem like you were rebelling or if I think that you would have made it seem like you were rebelling. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the high school me that exists in your head. This is what they told you to say. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to remember if there were any other any other childhood dream jobs. What Did you do those, um, like the... The quizzes. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That, in careers class. That one told me to be an accountant, I think, or an actuary. Because nice. I l- was okay at math, I guess. Because you numbers. Because I numbers. Probably you don't really need to get, like, number theory to be an accountant, if I had to guess. No, that's what I was thinking. That's why I think. I, I was just thinking that. I was like, how. Like, you don't even need calculus, really. If you just have, like, if you could just do repeated calculations with a computer, you don't even need calculus. Just do algebra over and over again. (laughs) Probably to be the other one, an actuary, Mm -hmm. you would need some calculus and some, like, stats. The the area under the curve of how soon you're going to crash your car. Hmm. Well, the the rate of change in how soon you're going to crash your car. Right, but again, like, you can get the slope of a line. Like, anyway, I'm not going to... You don't even need all of Calc 1, is what I'm trying to say. Like, you need the first half of Calc 1 to be an, an actuary. I, I feel like probably there's some some three-dimensional calculus within actuarial no way if you're an actuary write in i want to know actuary what do i need to know to be an actuary you can't believe them because they're gonna say you need this but that's just a gatekeeping tactic three semesters of calculus one semester of linear algebra you've got to see the matrix you don't there's no I refuse to believe you need linear algebra. 
I took I mean, linear algebra. You don't need that shit. This is beanactuary.org. That's a gatekeeping there's no, tactic. There's no better source for... You need to take some computer science courses. That I half believe. Probably like Python. If you could just do like some actuarial focused Python courses. <laughs> I think like one of those like certificates that you can get online would be good enough. Like learn Python yeah. in 14 days. I think you What do you do that. need at the school that I went to? UWM actuarial science degree requirements. Oh wait, sample for your plan. Here we go. Math. Uh, you've got algebra, trigonometry, introduction to writing, <laughs> principles of economics. Makes sense. Um, calculus, more writing. Interesting. Why writing? It's just a requirement to graduate from the university. Oh, okay. Um, elementary statistical analysis. That also makes sense macroeconomics also makes sense calc 2 um financial accounting makes sense math stat 591 the statistics i'm liking the statistics i don't i still don't think you need calculus introduction to Uh uh-huh scientific okay programming oh in oh Fortran. Burn it all down. F*** it. <laughs> Burn it down. Calculus 3. Introduction to Information Technology Management. I knew some people who took that class. It is a bullshit class where they tell you that a server is only ever in, like, the, the one shape in a data center. That's the only shape a server ever takes. That's true. I've never seen a server not like that. I don't have right. one, even. Mm-hmm. Not right there. Uh-huh. A server? Server? I hardly know her. <laughs> <sighs> Intermediate, micro, or macro economics. Didn't we already do that? DiffyQs. Why? No, those were elementary micro and macro. Um, more statistics. Right. Regression analysis, which you probably need calc for. Okay. Yep. I'll give you that one. Regression, because I don't understand regression, and I always kind of wanted to. Maybe there's a four- learn regression in 14-day class. Hmm. And then at the end, I'll get regression tested. Um, I think I skewed those results on the career thing so that I would get filmmaker. Because <laughs> that's what I wanted when I was in eighth so you grade didn't and an- through most of high school. You didn't school. answer honestly? You just did the ones that you thought would get you filmmaker? I think I did answer honestly, but if there was one where I was like, I don't know what to put here, then I put the one that would get me filmmaker or like theater stage production person. I don't remember what the term for it is, but like. Now that you mention it, I definitely did 
lie a little bit to the test so that, like, I guess it would think I was smart. <laughs> I don't know exactly. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, yes, an idealized self would say this. And then mm. that's what I went with. My ideal self when I was in fifth grade. Answer quizzes for the job you want, not the job you have. <laughs> oh, my God. I have a friend who got a wooden derby car maker. That was the <laughs> only result on their careers quiz. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, Zach, maybe I should have gotten... Ice maker as a career. <laughs> I need to know now, are there artisanal ice makers? <laughs> or like an ice slicer, you know what I mean? No. <laughs> Not at all. What would that even be? And why does it, like, there's no process you can do to ice that can't be replicated in manufacturing. So clear it virtually disappears into the drink. No, no, that's not, that's not how, weird ice science. No, but that's not how light works. That Like the refraction coefficient is different for ice and water. Clear ice is not just more beautiful than cloudy ice. It's also way more pure than the water, which it, from which it comes. That, no, it's not, it's not. Not more pure. In 1890, the Massachusetts Department of Public Health studied the quality in meltwater from clear lake ice and discovered that it was safe to drink even if the lake itself was polluted. This is because the directional freeze... Okay, wait. This is... Uh, have you seen the Studio Neat ice kit? Yes. The Studio Neat artisanal mm-hmm. ice kit? I think the idea is that the, the like, cruft, the, the bad yeah. stuff in the water in the ice goes to the top and then you can chunk off the clear part and the clear part doesn't have all the the junk but okay for things that are for for let's let's say minerals that are like chunks in the water not dissolved that makes sense but but for all the stuff that's dissolved into the water that doesn't work at all. Like you can't like you yeah. can freeze salt water without the salt going to the top. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> That's my understanding of chemistry. Don't at me. Okay. It looks like if you are a bartender, okay. you could have a side gig as an artisanal ice maker. Good to know. So with that established, maybe you skew your results to get you bartender. You know, the thing the American government wants a lot more of right now, actually. (laughs) I didn't mean that to be so on the nose. I was just going to be sarcastic. And then it was on the nose because we live in an upside down world. So you're going to be an ice maker. I'm going to be a bartender ice maker Uh, because because apparently I'm just like really good at, at making ice. And that's why my roommates leave, finish the ice, in the ice tray and just leave it out. 
<laughs> they want me to do it because I'm so good at it. So, also, the times that they do do it, I'm talking quietly because I don't want them to hear me through the wall, uh, but, like, the times that they do do it, it's, like, not filled up to the top of the, so, you know, the, st- the like, standard ice cube shape, like, not quite a cube right. shape, it, like, it tapers at the bottom. And then if it overflows a little bit, you twist the thing, and then it cracks, and then you have nice, easy handles to pick the ice out of. Right. But if you don't fill it up all the way, and just kind of get a splash of water in each of the holes, which, like, it's got to be way more effort than just, like, overflowing the whole thing and waiting for it to fill up. (laughs) Maybe they don't like the the handles. You can't get the ice out. You have to, like... Dig, you have to like turn the thing upside down to get the ice out then. Maybe aesthetically they're opposed to the handles. Get a opaque cup then. Like, in... <laughs> it's pissing me <laughs> off. I'll tell you, Zach, when I move out, things are going to be different in the fact that I don't currently own an ice cube tray. Do you want to be the ice cube tray friend? Yeah. Because I am currently in yeah, need no, of an I ice cube be, tray friend. Uh, the ice cube tray friend. Well, I guess I'm a bartender now. Thanks, government. <laughs> I was. I thought you were going to have a rant, and at the end you were going to be like, so buy this ice cube tray from Super Awesome Corp, because they make the best ice cube tray I've ever encountered, and all the other ones are awful, because all the other ones are awful, but Super Awesome Corp doesn't make an ice cube tray yet, but maybe we'll have nope, to learn. it just... <laughs> Actually, you know what? I could imagine a Super Awesome Corp ice cube tray that is like, it doesn't, it's not like the Studio Neat ones where it's like, it's trying to freeze the ice in a certain way, but like, Mm -hmm. it's trying to, it has like a shape that is like the the best ice cube shape. What is the best ice cube shape? Well, I don't know. I need to do more research. Okay. Need to be able to take it out of the ice cube tray easily but also have it fit in most containers easily, even ones with bottlenecks, but not just be sticks because that doesn't fit into, like, that doesn't, like, if the cup is is short, then it sticks Mm -hmm. out, and you'd need to break it. We don't want to break it. We want it to be a shape. And if, right, if it's just the rod, then when you try and drink from the bottle... Mm Mm-hmm. It's either Ron, it's just going to go straight into your mouth. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Oh, after show. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, it needs to be something that can fit into the bottle, but is likely to get stuck on the bottle coming out. Mm -hmm. You're right. Like an ice grappling hook, kind of. Yeah. Okay, we make ice springs that, <laughs> like, you squish them, you put them in, and then they expand. You know, with the tensile strength of ice. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe, like, a like a 
like a hook you can like you can like make it go like eh, and then it'll probably not do that again okay sorry i i made a motion to zach jared i'm very sorry it's no like a hook you can hook it in and then kind of like feed the whole hook through right. is the idea right i think if it's if we're getting into probability mm-hmm. we're gonna need to talk to an actuary this is going to become a larger endeavor, right? right? At this point, we need a physicist to figure out the best um, shape that it comes out of the tray. We need an actuary to figure out probabilities on coming out of the bottle. We need a chemist to tell us, like, the best way to freeze ice and, like, what shape it right. freezes best. We need a, a plastic chemist specifically to tell us how to make ice cube trays that you can twist a little bit, mm. mm-hmm. even when they're very frozen, Mm-hmm. I, we're gonna need therapists that's just given <laughs> i don't know exactly what they're gonna be for but we're gonna need them mm-hmm. a patent lawyer oh of course and oh and beta testers right who happen to be bartenders <laughs> and now A PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Do not play a CD with a special shape. Do not play a CD having other shape than a circular disc such as a heart-shaped disc. Otherwise, malfunction may occur. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. If you have a better shape for ice cubes... Or if you got Podcast Reviewer as your career's quiz result, you can contact us. I'm on Twitter at... 